comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Have you ever been to Bangkok? Have you? Um, no. But have you ever been to Hong Kong? Have you? What are you doing? Answer a question. Have you... Have I what? Have you... Aaron, what's going on? Have you seen my... Uh, no, I'm... I'm sorry, were you asking me something? Really? You? <sighs> have you seen Fruit Station yet? Have you... Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. <laughs> is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hola! Out now is a film podcast as Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 114, 114-yo. I don't know where that came from, I'm sorry. <laughs> I take that back. Perfect. Yeah. But tonight, on episode 114, yo, we're discussing Only God Forgives and Fruitvale Station. We're having a, a double art house fest up in here because we just felt like Snorks 2 was too good to talk about on this podcast. So here we are with, 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 a, with you know, Ryan Gosling in some movie that's bound to reap in awards or something. <laughs> That'll have to do. Joining us to dis- yeah, joining us to discuss Only God Forgives and Fruitvale Station, we have from The Examiner, an expert at getting beat up by guys who are experts at Muay Thai, Marcus Robinson. Hey. Hi. <laughs> with also joining us from the Gazette newspapers, the man with an eye on purchasing one of Gosling's fancy suits, Jonathan Van Dyke. Bonjour. And from Fast Film Reviews, his life is based on a true story, Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. How are all three of you doing tonight? Answer all at once. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, we three for a while. I don't think Abe. I don't think we've had three in a while either. I think that uh... maybe since like The Hobbit, if I had to go like way back. Or no, our yeah. summer, no, 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 our summer episode. What if you had to go summer our summer yeah. wager? Yeah, way, way back. Yeah, you're right. I had to John. go way, way back. Yeah, exactly. You had to go way, way back. Yeah. Something way, was like that. Man, what a great yeah. movie that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> more on that. Okay. Thing. Let's um. <laughs> Let's do it. That gets an oh wow. Let's get. <laughs> let's, Everyone take a shot. Let's, uh, let's get in a few announcements here. Um, iTunes views and ratings helps out the show. If you want to log on to iTunes and you know, possibly give us a star rating, possibly write a sentence out for out now with Aaron and Abe. Tell us what you think about us. Give us you know, give us some words. Be very grateful. It helps out our show. Everyone you know 
benefits for having us continuing to do this because we're motivated to do so because people, you know, like the show apparently based on the iTunes reviews that we so crave. So, you know, if you want to get on there, go for it. Um, what else? Uh, contest. I announced previously that I have a contest, and you know what? I had time this week. I came up with a contest, so here we go. With The Conjuring proving to be such a smash hit at the box office, I was thinking, why don't someone send us an email or a Facebook message at facebook.com plus a podcast what they consider to be their favorite ghost story with, like, a brief explanation as to why. And, um, you know, we'll pool all those together. We'll choose a winner from them. And uh, the winner will get a copy of The Fog on Blu-ray. The Fog just got on a fancy new Blu-ray, thanks to uh, Screen Factory. It does great work on their Blu-rays. And, uh, yeah, I, I have an extra copy, and I'm going to... I'm going to send it off to a winner of this contest. What is your favorite, what do you consider to be your favorite ghost story? Give us a brief explanation. You can put it, send it into an email at outnowpodcast.gmail.com or put it on, put it in a message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. And, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll leave that contest open for a, a few weeks. We tend to anyway. And, you know, we always like getting results from our listeners. So there you go. That's the contest. Take it or leave it. Or t- Fantastic. I mean, you, you win something for free. That's the easiest yeah. thing. All you have to do is write a, a sentence. <laughs> um, let's see. We have an email here, Abe. Yeah, this from front of the show, Dion. Yeah, Dion. Um, he has a, a few paragraphs here, but I'm going to narrow it down. Um, let's see. Here, here it is. Oh, God, you guys have to help me. Always a good start to an email to Outnow Affair to Abe. <laughs> um, I use Shazam, Soundhound, and even the ears of my friends. But is down nine one one instead? But what? Yeah. But what is the song playing at the end of your White House Down episode? It's been driving me crazy, and I only have one shoe left to devour. That's that's a weird way to end that first paragraph too. Um, the song that we have is by the band <laughs> He Met Her, and it is called Chevy Nights. It is the song heard in the end credits of White House Down, a movie that is. Proving not to be as popular as many would have hoped to have been this summer. Um, but yeah, that is that's uh, he takes. Chevy Nights by He Met Her. And um, just to point out, we always like having fun choosing the songs for the end of the podcast. And, you you know, if you're ever curious as to what song is what, just, you know, ask us. And that's pretty much the easiest way to narrow it down. Um, let's see, what else did he write here? Let's see, I'm going to skip a little bit. Uh, please, more advertising. Congrats on Audible, by the way. Thanks, Dion, for <laughs> advertising. We like having um, Let's see, about Out Now Nights with Sexy Abe Echo. <laughs> sure. Just like Nights, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, he forgot about it until he went to outnow.podomatic. Now he'll directly subscribe to our RSS feed. That is where you can find all the episodes of Out Now Nights, our exclusive episodes that are available on Podomatic, outnow.podomatic.com. And, uh, Let's see. He says something about RIPD, which I'm sure doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Thanks for the views and keep them coming. There's, there's the people. Thanks, God. Dion. Thank you, Dion. Certainly appreciate it. Um, let's see. What else? I think that's pretty much it. Anything else, Abe? Uh, I think that's kind of it. Okay, so let's get to know everybody then. Each weekend out now with Aaron and Abe, we try to get to know everybody by asking each other a few questions. Better say it in the tone for the podcast. So we're going to do that. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to let Abe start this one off this week. Nice. All right. Uh, Mark Hoban. Yes. You're wanting to shoot a quality film for cheap, like Gareth, Gareth Evans in The Raid, and I'm assuming Nicholas Winding Refn in Only God Forgives. Where do you choose to shoot your film? Um, you know, I would shoot it in Bali. Okay. Yeah. Because I've always, want, I've always wanted to go there. And, and it's going to be like dr- an Academy Award winning film, too. 
And I, I hear the dollar is really strong there, so I would get my money's worth. There you go. So that's where I would shoot. There you it. go. Practical. No story, yeah. but beautiful. Just an excuse to go there. Oh, look we'll we'll The story's on the day. We'll just you know get that going. All right, Marcus. Which yeah. film brought you the most happiness? Much Ado About Nothing, Despicable <laughs> Me Too, uh-huh. The Way Way Back, okay. or Man of Steel. Oh my god! Which which, this is very tailored to Marcus. Okay, so which one brought me the most happiness? Right, because I know you enjoyed all four of those films. Yeah, wow. Probably the one that ended the quickest, I'd imagine, in his book. Uh, um, So not Man of Steel. Not Man of Steel. Yes, yes, not Man of Steel. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god! I'm not gonna say Despicable Me because you know I you want me to say that. Uh, what was the other two? <laughs> way, way back. Much Ado about, about Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing and Way, Way Back. Oh my god. I guess Much Ado About Nothing, just because I like Shakespeare, but I didn't really like that. It's 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 the one I would probably sit through again if I had to pick. Okay. Alright. Honestly, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. Way to, they're, way they're to pull fingernails good. out of our guests, Mark. <laughs> 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 uh, god. Okay. Um, Surprised you didn't mention Beast of the Southern Wild. Oh, well, I'm doing right, this well, summer. Uh, moving on. Um, I'll give this one to uh, Jonathan. Um, if you had to pick, would you have both your arms cut off or both your feet? What? Uh, I think I have, <laughs> I have to go feet. I think that that was pretty clear cut for me. Okay. <laughs> I guess you'd have to go feet, right? We can make like new legs these days more effectively than new ones. Magic legs. <laughs> Magic legs. Uh, That's a Forrest Gump reference and not in any way an insult to people that have No, it is not. Yeah, it's a Forrest Gump reference. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll live without the feet and see what happens. At least a you know, wheelchair. You can't. No arms. You're kind of screwed because you don't have any hands then, too. Okay. <laughs> Um, am I, uh, do we know Aaron and Abe enough, or do I kick it to you guys? Oh, you can kick it to us. Oh, you, you can, can kick it old school, buddy. right over yeah. here. All right, Abe, Abe, um, yeah. I, I would like to see, uh, you have a smaller film coming out. Um, do you want an established Gosling type name to head it up? Or would you go uh, a smaller, more unknown route? We're not saying Michael B. Jordan is necessarily unknown, but in, the stratosphere of Gosling. Which way would you like to launch your indie movie? Based solely on the plot or based more on there being a star in it? Oh, certainly uh, probably more so on the plot. Uh, I think that once you start drawing some star power into it, maybe it kind of filters into uh, the realm of not so much indie, which kind of feels like Walter Mitty. Like Anyway, um, but yeah, certainly more on the plot. And I, I think that that's where I would go. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. You're a first-time director and want to direct a, a biopic. Who is the person you select? Who is the person I select in telling a story of someone? About their life, yeah. Um, I don't know, have there been any Van Gogh docu- uh, movies? Mm, have there? Not recently, at least. I want to say, like, one person. Wasn't uh, Lust for Life with Kirk Douglas? That was Van Gogh, wasn't it? <laughs> a little, little old. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe Van Gogh. You know what? Yeah. I I would I honestly I would say uh, 
Although I've seen it already, but Genghis Khan. But I've seen Mongol, which is a fantastic movie. But if there wasn't one, I'd, I'd go Genghis Khan. I'd like to see that movie. I'd make that. There's one. that history buff coming out. Yeah. Um. All right. I have two new everybody questions that are that are that are brought to us from our listeners. So I'm going to read one of them now. This is for everybody. Um. This one's from Philip. What's the best movie you never wanted to rewatch? His is Hotel Rwanda. Mm. Mm. It's a great question. This, this um, is for everyone? This is for everyone. I'd say Shame. Oh, man. I would say Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. That would probably be my answer. I think mine would be... I, I would say The Elephant Man. See that's yeah that's that's my that's my answer to the next question. <laughs> that just I just that one I just it's so hard. I can't to... I can't talk about that movie without getting a little yeah. bit emotional. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I, I haven't like had a desire to rewatch Schindler's List. By the way, also yeah yeah, yeah that was my there other one. I was kind of trying go. to decide between Schindler's List or The Elephant Man. It's just two that... movies that just like they just drain me. I can't yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, here I got, I'll say one for completely different reasons because I can't think of anything good. Um, and I was watching horror the other week and I was like, you know what? I've only seen the ring once. <laughs> kind of like, nice. Okay. Seen the ring once. And what, what good is seeing a horror movie twice? Depends. <laughs> it depends on the horror movie. <laughs> Fine. There are certain horror movies that I can't like, or I haven't willingly like said, I'm going to put that on again just because I'm like, no, I'm going to get scared. Like, there's no reason. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I guess the twisty horror movies, what's the point after you know the twist? Maybe maybe that's the... Uh, mm-hmm. let's, yeah. uh, let's go to Mark for the next question. Okay. Aaron, yeah. this is sort of similar to Marcus's, but in reverse. Which film <laughs> was the most painful for you to watch? The Wolverine, Pacific Rim, This is the End, or Fast and Furious 6? Uh, painful, uh, which... <laughs> All these movies that I liked quite a bit. Um, right, exactly. Um, Taylor the one that you. Which what were my Wolverine, Pacific Rim, Fast and Furious, and what? This, this is, is the end. end. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Painful. I mean, I laughed really hard at this is the end, which is getting me to points of being having like painful laughter. So I'm gonna go with that, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um. Here's the second question for everybody, brought to us by Joe Jans. Um, what's the oddest scene in a movie that gets you choked up? The oddest scene in a movie. The oddest scene? Choked up. Hmm. Well, you're like, I didn't think I was going to cry here, but here I am doing it. Um, it's a good one, Joe. I have no clue. It's because Mar- Marks is too manly. He doesn't cry. I'm, I don't cry. Abe, on the other hand, well, he's like a white like, language. In a, in, a, in a very, like... What do you mean by cry? Like emotional cry or like a happy cry? I laughed really hard. <laughs> stub your, like you stub your toe. <laughs> well, like I, I laughed really hard and I cried when uh, Mr. Potato Head in Toy Story 3 becomes like the piece of tortilla. <laughs> no, it, and, it was choked up was the, was the question. Choked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case, uh, it's a good question. Stop. I would, I would, say, yeah. I would say Toy Story Three is a good example though, because I wouldn't think that I was going to be caught up in the whether or not Mr. Potato Head was going to die at the end of I, Toy Story I, Three. <laughs> spoiler alert! I have one. Pixar reminded me uh, the first ten minutes of Up. Mm. I did not yeah. expect to cry 
like write that quickly in the beginning of a film. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. I might piggyback on that until I think of a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark Oban. We just say <laughs> some random like scene cutaway in a Terrence Malick film of your choice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Supernova. Super. <laughs> like the movie Supernova? No, like. I know. I know. That, that, yeah. I Aaron? What? You have an answer? I had an answer. I said the Toy Story 3 scene. Oh, okay. Oh. I didn't walk into that movie thinking that I was going to be concerned for the life of Mr. Potato Head and Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Marcus for the next question. Okay, um, let's see. Let's go to Mark. Uh, best African American movie of the last 30 years. What is it? Your favorite, we'll say your favorite. My favorite? Your favorite. Um, don't say the blind side, don't say the blind side. Don't. <laughs> no. Precious? Um,. <laughs> Gosh, over the last 30 years. That opens it up pretty wide, though, for sure. You can go like Malcolm X or... Yeah, I've, I actually have never seen Malcolm X. Oh, uh, Put that on your to-do list of Aubrey Plaza. I, I have... I have and you saw the Way Way Back? Stick oh. with Aubrey Plaza. Great plug for the to-do list. <laughs> Gotta plug it while I can. It's gonna be out of theaters pretty soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll say, uh, do the right thing. It's a damn good movie. Yeah, That's sort of like the one that popped in my head originally, and then I was just trying to think if I could think of something better. That's that's the movie that immediately jumped into my head, so. Yeah, I'll go with that. Alright, awesome. Hit up, uh, here, John, you got another question? Sure, um... I will ask, I don't know, I guess I'll, I'll ask Abe again since he's only got one answer so far. And that would be if you, uh, taking like secondary actors or, or actors, actresses that were not like number one, you're carrying this blatant movie this summer. Um, are there some actors that you've seen in blockbusters this year that you think might be carrying one next year? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Charlie Day, but no. Um, That's possible. That a, That's possible. That's uh, possible. But um, yeah, well, Steve Carell did it. Why can't he? <laughs> Steve Carell did do that. Yeah, and according to Marcus, if he has a ten, he's being, he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, that's a that's a really good question, actually. Uh, if if there was like a side character that could carry a movie come next year. I'd probably want to think, uh, well, I mean, he's, he's really minor and he's international, but the, the, the Thai police captain, he was pretty spooky. And only God forgets. Yeah. So if he were to become a little bit more like Ken Watanabe, where he gets a little bit more American presence, I think that'd be a good thing, because I did want to see him more. Um, I was like, ah, this guy's pretty good with his facial expressions and stuff. He's a spooky guy. Right? I don't know what his name is. Vithyaya Pansgram. Exactly. Thank you. Crushed it. <laughs> the keeper of the names, Aaron Newer. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. All right. 
All right. And I'm out. Okay, good. Well, that's, <laughs> I think we, I think we probably got you. I'd say you're out now. I, thank you. I think we probably got to know everybody, so that's how you play know everybody. Let's go a little at now quickies. Jim? This week we're talking about two movies, but there's always plenty of movies that we like to watch and talk about on the Out Now with Aaron and A podcast. We have a segment called Out Now Quickies. Jim? Nailed it. Um, all right. A, do you have any quickies this week? Yes. Rewatching The Wire. Watch it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's so good that I'm watching it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I saw Blackfish, oh, the, yeah. uh, the documentary about uh, – it's it's pretty much an indictment on SeaWorld and the treatment of the orca whales and everything like that. So you've seen a lot of this before, but um, they do focus on a, on a whale tilicum, which, which makes it – an moves it from an average documentary to an above-average documentary. For, so for that story alone – it's worth it's worth checking out. And I also saw the canyons. I know John Jonathan saw the canyons. Um, I'll just I'll leave a lot a lot of it for him, but I'll say it's 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 one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Mm. So, which one was the worst? The canyons. The canyons. Oh, okay. Is uh is black is blackfish um is that like San Diego SeaWorld or just SeaWorld in general? Um, they they focus on on uh, on Orlando. Oh. Yeah. But um, they do mention they do mention there's there I guess there's one over uh, in San Diego and then there's an affiliate over in like Spain where a bunch of people died and and uh, you know watching some of the footage is hard to watch and there's some heartbreaking stuff it's not I don't know that it's anything that anybody hadn't seen before though it's not like the Cove you know so <sighs> some people aren't gonna like it as much as you know. Uh, as 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 a lot of people are saying, as a lot of people are liking it right now. A lot of people, if more people go and see this movie, it's I don't I think it's gonna go down like Rotten Tomatoes, you know. So you're recommending it? I'm recommending it for the Tillicum story alone. There's a there's a story where they focus on a one particular whale all the way through who's who's killed three people and is still working today. And when Would they make- go back to that when, when they go back to that story. It's good. It, it works. It's stuff I haven't seen before. But when they focus on a really on a broad like save the whales kind of thing, it's like oh, okay, I've seen this before. You know, you've seen the whales come out of captivity or uh, get captured, and you've seen this stuff before. You've seen you know whales grabbing people's feet and whatnot. You know. Gotcha. But I am recommended. Huh? Would it make a good uh, double feature with uh, Rust and Bone? <laughs> I I. I ha- <laughs> I'm sure you don't even was. have to answer it. I'm just I'm I just sure. wanted to throw <laughs> Rustin Bone out there. I had that thought earlier too. <laughs> uh, Rustin Bone is better than this. Jonathan. All right. Um. Uh. This week I, I saw the to do list. Uh. I laughed and I love Aubrey Plaza. Um. But the further away I get from it, I do think it's 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 more of a like six five or seven out of ten type movie where. Go in for some laughs, and then it's 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 pretty much gone the next day. Yeah. Um, and then uh, this weekend, I got ridiculously ambitious and decided, oh, what the heck? I'll watch the canyons. Brady Sinellis, one of my favorite authors, or used to be before he got on Twitter, and, <laughs> and his book stopped being relevant after like the first three. But still, Rules of Attraction, one of my favorite books ever. Um, and I was like, all right. Uh, and if everybody wrote, read the awesome New York Times article, uh, about this film, they should do that either before or after they see it. Send me the link uh, and I'll put it in the show notes. 
Okay, all right. Um, but regardless, uh, essentially, watch this movie if A, I guess if you like Paul Schrader, I don't know. Um, B, if you like Brett Easton Ellis, or C, um, whether you want to see what's left uh, of the soul we call Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I must say that uh, Marcus is is right. This pretty much uh, confirms what we, we had feared, which is... Uh, either Brady Snell has completely lost it or he can't actually write screenplays. Um, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's not even, uh, some people had said it was very prettily shot, but like, I don't know, I didn't even find that that inspiring. Really, the only, uh, intrigue at this movie would, I would say, is actually is Lohan's performance. You actually, uh, for the first time in a while, I think, do see the glimmers of what would have, you know, given her that, the Emma Stone treatment had she, you know, stayed on course, uh, you could see that she could have been that girl still, but instead she's in the canyons and that's too bad for everybody. <laughs> so I still have much love for BEE, but, uh, yeah, this is not, nah, this is bad. This is bad. There's a reason, it, there's a reason it debuted on IFC and, and isn't really anywhere <laughs> and it didn't get, you know, it had to be kickstarted. Yeah, that's very true. Mark, um, I'm going to mention a movie I don't think anyone on the panel has seen. It's called 20 Feet from Stardom, and it was oh. a documentary about backup vocalists. And it's kind of uh, throughout history. It goes all the way back to the 50s and uh, Phil Spector, and then it goes all the way up to modern day. And through the course of this documentary, we get to meet these different women that were backup vocalists for people like Ray Charles and the Rolling Stones, Luther Vandross, Sting, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, some of the biggest names in music. And it's really kind of fascinating. I didn't really think I wanted to see a movie about this subject. I mean, it sounded okay, but it didn't really feel like it would be something that interesting. However, the the reviews were just so phenomenal. I said, well, okay, I'll I'll give it a try. And I was really glad. I, I think it's really one of these sort of uplifting. It kind of reminds, I mean, in sort of the same uplifting way that Searching for Sugar Man kind of put a smile on my face and I walked out of the theater feeling kind of good about humanity. This is kind of the same sort of feeling I got and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's definitely, if you have to, I mean, be interested in the subject, I think, but if you have some interest in it, I think you'll be, you'll be entertained. You'll enjoy it. Cool. Great. Um, let's see. I've seen a few movies this week. I saw two guns, the movie that we're not reviewing this week, starring Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Um, if you need a very generic buddy action movie, then go see Two Guns. Um, let's see, I've also seen Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, the, the much-needed sequel to Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief. All of those words made up the title of the first film. And, um, yeah, the, the, this, that, that's, it's a... a you know, a, a movie. It's a movie? It's a movie. I mean, it's, I think it's perfectly fine. I, the first one featured Pierce Brosnan as a centaur. This one features, this one features wow. uh, Stanley Tucci as as God Dionysus. I mean, it, is there a scene in the movie where they all dance to Lady Gaga music? Because that was the high point of the first one. Fortunately, the goofier things that were in the first one are not in this one, so I can praise okay. it for that reason. But uh, that said, right. I I kind of enjoyed the first one mainly because I really hated Clash of the Titans. So I was kind of like, all right, here's a here's a Greek story I can get behind, and this one this one 
this one's, you know, it's it's fine as well. It does some things better than the first one in terms of what it's going for. And, you know, for, for you know, pre-teens and people that, you know, read these books, it is a book series. It's it, it's acceptable. I, I, I can't say it's it's not a horrible movie. That's not what I walked Brandon thinking. Brandon T. Jackson is back, I take it? He's back as the as the satyr. Yeah, uh, he was good in the first he one. Is, he's, he's fine here. And so is Logan Lerman's, like, a, he's a fine lead. The, 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 the perks of being a wallflower flame is back in this book. So yeah, there you go. Um, let's see. I'm one episode away from finishing Orange is the New Black. Just wanted to throw that out there. It's a really good show that's on Netflix right now. Um, <laughs> just wanted to say it, mainly because John's on. And um, um, I saw Woody Allen's new film. I don't believe Mark has seen it too. Blue Jasmine. This is the film with yes. Kate Blanchett. She plays a woman who is basically going through a, a huge crisis in her life and has moved in with her sister back in San, in San Francisco. And... Woody Allen knows how to get great casts in his movies, and he's done so here. But, I mean, Kate Blanchett's absolutely fantastic in this role. And the movie itself is very, very good. Coming off of uh, last year's to, to Rome, was it To Rome with Love? Or no, it was, was it To Rome with Yeah, that's right. I think so. To Rome with Love? Is that how it's said? Um, yeah. I'm thinking, like, from Paris with Love and then from Russia with Love. Um, yeah, so, um, which was a movie that I, I wasn't a big fan of, and that was, that was coming off of Midnight in Paris, which I loved. This is like if it was if we're going peaks and valleys. This is back to a peak for Woody Allen again because he's nice. just in top form in this film. I think it's 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 certainly not a it's not a comedy. It's not a laugher. It's more of a it's it's much more of a downer. And you really feel feel sorry for 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 Jasmine for the woman that Kate Blanchett plays at points. But at the same time, there's other conflicting emotions you have regarding her character. But regardless, it's just a very good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. I would be very surprised if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination. I, I think her performance is really flawless and she just it's she's stunning in this film i mean kate blanchett always brings it but she really does a great job here i agree i tend to when i think of like the the best actresses working today kate blanchett's kind of a name that tends to come to mind first and um yeah it it does like honestly that's i I think it's one of the uh, this and this is saying something i think it's probably one of the top probably five performances she's ever given i would agree with that easily yeah I mean, maybe even top three. I mean, it's 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 totally different from some of her other major efforts. But um, but you know, Elizabeth, notes on a scandal. I mean, it's it's up there. Elizabeth two. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think you had another title, but I like calling it Elizabeth. That goes without saying. Elizabeth two, yeah, I think, yeah. is a better way to say it. Was she nominated for that one, or was it the Golden? Um... Yeah, I think she was nominated for both of them. Yeah, right. that's like some kind of record I'd have to imagine. The Golden Age is the. Right. Oh, is this is Elizabeth too? Um, yeah, she was. Good for her. Okay, so that's uh, Blue Jasmine. It's in uh, limited release now. Probably spreading throughout the summer. Um, I know Twenty People Start, and that's been in a lot of art house theaters. I know that's 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 been around, and I hope people. I think it's been around, yeah. More people, around, like more people catch weeks. that one too, because that's one that I've been. Wa- I just haven't had the chance to, but I've been really wanting to catch up with. And um, the canyons, obviously, that's a must-see. I think that's what we've all learned from this. So. Must-see. Yeah. <laughs> must-see. <laughs> from, from this quick blurb. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's get to our trailer talk. Each week we discuss some of the newest trailers and uh, when they're coming out, what we think. And the first trailer we have is for American Hustle. This is the new David O. Russell film, um, which stars a lot of people. It stars Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, Jeremy Renner, Amy Adams, and Jennifer Lawrence. It's based on... Is it based on a true story? Um, not sure, but the story of con artists. It, it is based. Uh, on it is based on a true story. Yes. Okay, I thought so. Okay, it's a late seventies, early eighties ab scam 
uh, if I'm saying that right, scandal with the government and I don't understand the whole story, but it's it's like a, it's based on a true story, kind of like an Argo kind of thing. Mm. All right. Well, with that said, Mark, what do you think of the trailer? I um, well, you know, I mean, it's got David O. Russell's directing it, and you know, it's it's got Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, um, Robert De Niro is in it too. Although they, uh, I don't think you see him in the trailer. I, I was kind of shocked that. Mark Wahlberg isn't in this. Like, why is why wasn't he invited? It to the seems party? like David Russell's got all his like his greatest hits. <laughs> he's got of his, his, cast. All his regulars. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like pick the the you know the fighter two, and the two guns reshoots. Split. That's what I'm saying. Two, two, two guns reshoots. That's uh, So yeah, I um I'm no I'm very excited to see this. I'm probably more excited to see it simply because I know all the talent involved and I know a little bit of the background of it. Um, but the the trailer looks good. It looks like he's researched the the late seventies, early eighties. He's got that style of Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams have that sort of feathered hair, and it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Sharon Stone in Casino and that kind of mm-hmm. like production design. But yeah, I mean, I, I it looks like I mean I I think there's a lot of buzz surrounding this film as a possible Oscar contender too. So um, I'm I'm very excited about it. Yes, Marcus. Um. Yeah. It looks. It looks. Great. When I was watching the the trailer, like two things went through my mind. First off, the, in the very first scene, uh, Bradley Cooper is it me or does Bradley Cooper look like Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And, uh, I noticed that he's got to love some olive skin. You know, <laughs> he looked a little bit like I don't even know if you guys even know who this is Yakov Smirnov, yeah, the Russian comedian. Yes, he, he looked like that guy. <laughs> I was trying to. Yeah, I was curious about that, but it, it like, looks great. And then the show notes. Google Google his face. Oh yeah, it's, it's it it like, He's kind of called it dead. Eerily, on. he's it's got eerily. that curly hair. And oh boy, it's eerie. And then the second thing that went through my mind was that Christian Bale could be turning into David O. Russell's version of Christoph Waltz, if that makes any sense. No, I guess you. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it looks great. It, it's super enticing. I didn't really know. And Mark, yeah, uh, just explained what it was about, but I didn't, I had no idea what it was about from watching the trailer, but it looks, right. it looks great. It enticed me to want to go see it. Jonathan? Oh, I think it, I mean, it looks pretty good. Obviously, I, I think we've, these actors and this director who we've, seen direct these actors in multiple films we have the trust factor there um i mean at worst it looks like it would be kind of in the vein of, of boogie nights um it's got that vibe heavily i feel like um but yeah like uh, the trailer's got you know the zeppelin thing going and it's more of a hey uh this is christian bale's show um all these other actors are awesome um but you're, you know, more than anything, it kind of just gave us the visuals and the feel of the film as kind of an introduction. So it's, it's hard to say exactly what to expect, but it, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. it. It certainly feels very solid, uh, especially with the cast. Um, it, it also looks like it has like that turn where everything looks really dark and everyone starts dying or some weird gunplay that you're going to really cringe in your seats about because you don't really know what's going to happen. And, Unfortunately, somebody's probably going to die, but, uh, yeah, no, it looks really good. And so, yeah, you guys are all right. David O. Russell with his, like, all-star cast, and um, there you go. Like, I'm pretty much on board. 
I was happy to talk about this trailer until I looked up pictures of Yakov Smirnov, which is just like, <laughs> every picture is him, like, smiling. He seems so happy. <laughs> he brings joy to the children. He does. Like, this makes me want to, like, watch YouTube videos of Yakov Smirnov. But regardless, uh, the trailer, yeah, you guys have said it already. Um, Name-checking name things like Argo and Boogie Nights, just, I mean, that, that works for me. That's pretty much a way to justify my thoughts on the trailer in general, if it's anything like, you know, those movies or if it's, you know, just good in general or if it's just another good David O. Russell movie, which he's made several of, and I never at this point, um, I'm fine. And this cast is fantastic. So there's little, little to stand in my way of going to see it. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, American Hustle arrives in theaters on Christmas Day, apparently. I have a feeling that day might change sometime earlier, but that's probably at least the, the spreading wide date, I would say, of the, of the film. Um, the next trailer we have is for The Secret Wife of Walter Mitty. This is a... Uh, an adaptation of an old story that's been made into a film once, but is now being remade once again by Ben Stiller, who serves as director, as well as star, and it's written by Steve Conrad, who wrote The, uh, the Weatherman, among other movies. And um, it basically follows the life of the, um, of a person that works in, a, in an office, and he seems to have an elaborate imagination that puts him in a position of doing greater things with his life than what he seems to be doing now, and whether or not that actually takes... A turn for him to actually do great things of his life. Um, we'll just have to see. So, with that said, let's go to Jonathan first. Jonathan, what do you think for the trailer? Uh, the trailer. This one's interesting. I feel like I'm looking forward to this movie, but the trailer is definitely the most like twee hipster baiting thing on the yes. planet. Um, every single person I know who like would like this kind of thing like immediately posted this on like Facebook or something. <laughs> It's got my favorite of Monsters and Men song as like like more than a song is normally used in a in a trailer like where the song is almost more important than the trailer in some ways. Um but but that said, I mean essentially it kind of it looks like an indie darling movie made a, at a big scale. Um and it you know even though it's that warm gushy and I don't even think this is right to say, but 500 Days of Summer is the right way to say it. But it, it appeals to that kind of tweeness, um, you know, or that kind of like, I don't know, just kind of earnest to goodness type filmmaking. You know, Ben Stiller looks fine. It's good to see Kristen Wiig's going to be in it um, in some effects. Uh, and and it looks, you know, it's about a guy who uh, daydreaming. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not as familiar with the source material as maybe you guys are. Um, so I don't know if some of that stuff's really happening or if it's all daydreaming. But it looks very inventive and just it looks like it's going to be a really well done movie. But it's just kind of the trailer just kind of cracked me up because it's like whoever was like cutting this and like thought to put this song in this way, like high five yourself because you <laughs> instantaneously got immediately to the audience you wanted to because all the people I know who would want to see that trailer saw it because they were sharing it and it went viral very quickly. Mark? Um, it, when I was watching the trailer, I just felt like Jim Carrey should be starring in this. It just seemed like a movie for him. Um, but Ben Stiller did direct it and he's directed some really good movies. I mean, Tropic Thunder was his last and I really enjoyed that. So... I think maybe under his direction, it, it might be good. I don't know if the trailer really got me excited about seeing it. I've actually 
read the short story uh, by James Thurber, which this mm-hmm. is based on. I've never seen the um, Danny Kaye movie, but I have seen – I've read the, the short story. And it's really it's really brief. It's like – it's very, very short. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a guy who likes to daydream. So, I mean, it could be good. I, I'm, I'm open about it. Hey, Abe. Uh, I, I, Abe. Exactly what Jonathan said. What? I had a question for you. That's that was. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, why I sure. said Abe and not Abe. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. You know, you know what movie is also based off of a really short story. Uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, yes, God. nailed it. That's that's not what I was going. I was just asking you a question that wasn't. <laughs> it was wow. somewhat rhetorical. But that was also. What it's Are you guys on. just making sure I'm still here? No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask Abe a question. He's he's supposed to say what, but then he tried to answer it himself. I was, what? I was, I, I was, I was going to say the curious case of Benjamin Button, because it's about a man who, while he was getting younger, they were getting older. I'm done. I'm going to get you. A, I'm going to get you a reverse age doll. So just going to deliver it to your house. Well, now that you've successfully slaughtered my attempt to, you know, have a conversation with you, what did you think of the trailer? Uh, exactly what Jonathan had, had said, which is like, uh, yeah, it looks like a, a super really hip movie um, that was playing, oddly enough, in front of my Wolverine movie, and I was like, this is the wrong placement for this trailer, but okay, I'll go with it. Um, it reminds me a lot of, uh, what was that one movie with Gail Garcia Bernal? The Science, Science of, Sleep. of Sleep. Yeah, where like you know, he sort of daydreams and goes off on these wild adventures, um, but he's like a quiet guy trying to fall in love with, the, or in love with this girl next door. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm actually curious to see this movie, even though it feels like it's large budget, even and... Uh, one gives you like this homey vibe of we made this for like two million dollars kind of thing, but you know um, I'm curious to see where it goes, and uh, I'm just uh, excited to see you know the imagination of Ben Stiller, or I guess uh, how he how he's going to direct it. Uh, Marcus, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this Wes Anderson-ish looking movies, so. When the hipster music started playing, I was kind of like, oh, okay. And it has the serious Ben Stiller, and everything is telling me not to that this is not the movie for me. But Ben Stiller directed it. I know he's capable of directing. Um, Steve Conrad wrote the script, and he wrote uh, Pursuit of Happiness and Weatherman, I believe. Uh, yep. And I and I and I enjoyed both of those movies. So on paper I'm in. That's that's about all I have to say. All right. Um, I was in. I was I was. Dig- I can't say I saw saw any Wes Anderson in here. I saw a lot of like Charlie Kaufman or really or Michelle Gondry. Yeah, because Wes Anderson doesn't really work in big budgets no, only no, no, in no. hipster music. The, the, he this would... is hips. No, Wes, and Wes Anderson, Anderson has hip. lots of characters. This, this looks lot, like it's Wes lots Anderson's of characters very... and uses like music from like the 70s and early and 60s earlier and. Foreign. <laughs> it's okay, but you this this has a very Wes Anderson parts. film. This this has a West very hipster Wes Anderson film a uh, feel to it. The, the atmosphere, if it doesn't use the right music or if it you know whatever, it looks like this is going to be a room where every every color every uh room in the office is a different color and it's you know he's wearing a really bright obnoxious tie for some reason, but he really doesn't know why. And he's just different and, you know, quirky and stuff like that. So it, it, that's what I mean by Wes Anderson feel. 
Like not necessarily say, using 70s music. All, all, all I could say is that you saying Wes Anderson was the first time I thought of Wes Anderson involving in relation to this. Movie. Really? Yeah. This is true. Um, Every time I see a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, right. I enjoyed this trailer quite a bit. I was I was into it. I got, I got the – from what it tried to do, it just set the tone for what the film is supposed to be. That's, that's what I took away from it. Um, and it worked successfully in my eyes. It, it, I'm also intrigued as to how much Sean Penn's really going to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> Since all we have is a poster yeah. of him cut <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we know Sean Penn's known for his comedy, so maybe he'll just he'll just be have a, a, a wacky supporting role throughout the film. Um, yeah. No, I, I I like the idea of the story. I like seeing Ben Stiller try something that's. Uh, d- you know, different for him as far as uh, as far as re- uh, directing and acting goes. He, if he's not playing neurotic character and he's playing more back to his things that he did more in the '90s with uh, in more serious dramatic roles and things like Permanent Midnight or, or Zero Effect. If anyone's seen those movies, um, it'd be nice to see that for a change. And uh, I do think that he's a strong director. That's why he keeps directing movies. And uh, so you know, I'm very curious about this one. Um, Secret Life of Walter Mitty comes out also uh, uh, Christmas Day, December twenty fifth. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Let's uh, let's do it, guys. Let's get to the, let's get to our first review. <laughs> this is a packed show, apparently. Uh, let's get to our first review for the film Only God Forgives. I know. After your father, I said I, I'd never ask you again. Don't let him hurt me. Don't worry. I'll find him. And then we'll kill him. He's coming after me next. Please join him just this once. Protect me. Want to fight? So that should have been some of the trailer for Only God Forgives. In a follow-up to Drive, writer-director Nicholas Winding Refn and star Ryan Gosling have gone to Bangkok to make a violent and hypnotic tale of revenge. Only God Forgives tells the story of a man who loses his brother and is forced to become a part of a violent quest for justice. Gosling is Julian, the man in question, and he is pushed by his mother, played by Kristen Scott Thomas, to kill the man responsible. On the other side of the law, an angel of vengeance in the form of a police lieutenant is also on a quest for justice, which he uses a small sword to assist him with. Jonathan, the audience at Cain was not his forgiving, but would you forgive and enjoy Only God Forgives? Wow. Um, Only God Forgives is like, you knew it was a WTF movie going in, and it still kind of made you go WTF all the time during it. Um, you, it, it just... I don't know. I WTF stands for Where's the Firecrackers? I, I don't know if I like it, but I still think about it. And that's yeah. more than I can say for almost any other movie of the summer. It's like, I guess the thing is, is that it seems to me, the overarching concept to me is that uh, I like Drive, and it was one of my favorite movies of that year. Um, and it's pretty much as if the director stripped away all the redeeming qualities of Drive, and except for his directorness, <laughs> aka uh, pay, music, 
pacing and cinematography kind of put together. Yeah. But all the other parts that made Drive like a movie that could even be culturally resonant with like a larger audience have been completely stripped away. And I'm afraid that when that happens, it, it makes this movie very hard to like. Even though there's all these elements of a good movie, it, it there's just too many just left turns and and it's very graphic in in nature uh and it's just it definitely veers into uh, a bad college art house type thing sometimes or like a film major you know overwroughtness and yet it's still so technically strong that you you can't like completely condemn it <laughs> Marcus um Basically, there are only two real flaws in this movie, but they're so crippling that this it makes this movie unwatchable. The, the The first one is the plot. The plot is convoluted. There's no context for his brother doing what whatever he does. I don't know if you want me to say it in the very beginning. No, don't say uh, it. Okay, I won't say it. <laughs> the dialogue is insanely hard to listen to, cringe-inducing. Not in a, in in a it's like overly explicit just because. And uh, when I'm talking about the dialogue, I'm talking about Christian Scott Thomas's dialogue. <laughs> pretty in your face, but just, just because like we got her and you know, we want her to say, make her say, I felt bad for her. I, I honestly felt like she was being kind of exploited on the screen. I felt really, I didn't want to watch those scenes anymore. I didn't think it was that violent. But you know, whatever. I thought this was this was more this was harder to watch than than the violence of it. The second reason this film, the second flaw, the second reason this film doesn't work, is there's way too many overdramatic physical slowness, physical pacing. We watch Ryan Gosling slowly wash his hands five times. We watch Ryan Gosling slowly walk down the hallway. And I know I've said this before on another podcast, but we watch him stare at a prostitute and then the prostitute stares back and then he stares at the prostitute again and the prostitute stares back and then he does it one more time. And it's just, I, I think, and I've said, I know I've said this before. I think if, if this movie was made again and everybody was moving in their normal speed, it would have only been 30 minutes long. And that was, that's probably my biggest, it, it's annoying to watch. It's, it's overbearing. It's over, overbearingly just slow and everybody moves like a zombie and it's dr done for dramatic effect, but it's done so much that it's, I just was done with it. Ape. Um, I certainly think it's an interesting movie. I do side a little bit more with Jonathan than I do with Marcus and just that uh, it is a movie that I was thinking about uh, more often than any other movie this summer, yes, but I didn't give it too, too much thought because at the end of the day I did go like, well, I'm not going to give it too much thought because it's a it's a whatever movie. It's like kind of like a wash. Um, I do agree with Marcus that there are some very slow scenes that uh, I don't really fully understand, like Ryan Gosling just staring at his hand and then making them into fists for like five minutes. Uh, but Every other scene? <laughs> well, I, I did like it, though. The cinematography is really good. The um, you know the art direction is really good. And, um, I yeah, the, the lines, the dialogue, they're probably some of the weaker parts of it. And apparently in a uh, in one of those karaoke bars, there's just convenient sharp objects placed everywhere for the police to, like, get you. Um, but, again, I do think that it's, uh, it's really – I really – 
was intrigued by the silences in the movie, which is, you know, you have silences just showing these characters giving these facial expressions, um, or just silences when some, some action scenes happen. I, I like that. I, I kind of thought that it was a, something different. Um, it was a little bit slower paced, but I, I, dare, I certainly didn't think that it was an awful film. I just think that there were some, some parts of it that I could really see people not liking, and then some other parts of it where even I myself was thinking, why is this here? Um, especially like when Ryan Gosling just shouts for no reason, telling someone to take off their dress, which I kind of saw, I kind of was like, what, what? But on the whole, I mean, it's an interesting film to think about. I just wouldn't give it too, too much thought. Um, it does have its positives, but I, yes, like Mark said, I think some of the negatives kind of outweigh those, but uh, I certainly think that it's something that you should take a look at, um, if not just to, um, you know, look at like the beautiful reds, uh, but just kind of want ponder about something um, that you're not probably that you shouldn't be pondering about so so much. The um, the scene that you're referring to, Abe, where Ryan Gosling just randomly shouts like that's one of those kind of like, hey, are you still paying attention? Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's what I was like, so like, hey, all right, this movie's going. Oh, so, uh, like, yeah, his voice is really shrill. Um, I was I was prepared to, and by the way, Mark Oban did not see the movie today. That's why he's going to be sitting out for this segment of the podcast. But uh, that's why I'm remarkably silent. Yeah, but he can ask questions. Sure, if he wants to. But, well, I, I thought it was kind of funny, Marcus. You started off by saying, "Well, this would be a good movie except for two things: the script and the pacing." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, those okay, are pretty so important. It, it looks, hey, hey, wait, wait. So, in defense of the movie, it looks great. It looks fabulous. Right. Like, if you were going to watch this with the sound off, go well, ahead. It'd probably are, be a better, uh, better isolated the score. Soundtrack so integral. Yeah, the soundtrack is yeah, pretty good. Cliff Martinez say, and also usually, the, the songs that they sing. Okay, yeah, so. Sound- Soundtracks are usually good. Yeah. It's, it's, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. It's what are your thoughts? Aaron's, Aaron's. And then, and then we'll get to we'll get to the discussion. I was prepared to like watch this movie and like be all over, just be like, yeah, this movie is good. You guys are completely wrong. I don't know what you're thinking about saying think bad things about this movie. I can't say those things at all. The um, the movie. To, to, okay, to give you some comment, when I write like a review, I I don't tend to like I I tend to like put like a whatever star rating just because that's more of an obligation based on the site than like having to like feel like awesome. I need to write it a star rating. But this movie was one of the ones that I have every year that just challenges me as to like what stars make sense, and that's kind of what I walked away thinking about this movie. It's like, what do I make of this? It's it's not a mess because a mess is just something that makes no sense at 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 any point and just like has nothing to do about anything. This movie, it's... Nicholas Winning Ripping is so, like, he's so in control of the movie he's making, he just kind of loses focus on why it should be a movie that we need to see. And good for him. He got Ryan Gosling to star in this very esoteric movie right. that has a lot to, you know, to, to throw up on screen and say, watch this. If you thought Drive was weird, then you'll never know what's coming and only God forgives. <laughs> because... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's him throwing the middle finger at anybody who liked Drive, or I guess it... some people think who detracted Drive. Yeah, the people <laughs> that hated Drive are just like, they're like dousing themselves in gasoline if they watch this movie. <laughs> but... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if they love Drive, then he's just like, well, this is how this he's he's, he's going Matrix on, but this is how deep the rabbit hole goes. I mean, the, the movie. He's like, do you really want to love me? Yeah. I I can't. Are, so are you saying it's hard to understand? It's no, I'm not saying it's hard to understand. I'm saying it's not hard to understand because you there is no point to understanding. There's not. It's, it's intentionally obtuse. It yeah. is, but I'm. It is very. It's not. It's not a movie I walked away being confused by. It's just a movie I walked away from thinking. Well, that looked really nice, but did, did I need to see this? Like, it's 
it has. It, I can't like you guys are saying that you you you've still thought about. It. I can't say that I'm even thinking about it. Like I, well, I not say that not no, deeply, but, yeah, but it's yeah, just like it lingered with me for. It's, a, I, I, I watched it and I like acknowledge that it exists, but Thank but you. it 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 feels like a movie just like something like Two Guns. Like I just like I watched it and now <laughs> yeah. I'm done watching it. Like that I have nothing else to say about it, even though I somehow hammered out a thousand words on it. But um, it's yeah, see, this is, it, I'm sorry. it is it is what it is. Ryan Gosling. Does the very he's doing a very stereotypical Ryan Gosling doesn't say anything for a while and eventually looks at someone and says like one word and then goes back to saying nothing for a long time and looks very handsome throughout. Kristen Scott Thomas is there to chew up everything. Even, Which, yeah, she's weird. And she's then, Ryan Gosling's mother in the film. And then you have yes, yes, she plays yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have the Bangkok equivalent of Anton Sugar rocking around with a samurai sword. I mean, it's <laughs> not even a samurai sword. Sorry, he, 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 he's good at being imposing and threatening. The, yeah. the movie is very is very well shot. Um, I I can I can't say that the movie certainly tries to play around with ambiguity, but I can't say that I was I was lost by the time it was over. I feel like I have an understanding of what was being gone for and what the message was and why it's called Only God Forgives and things of that nature and and why it is that there was a lot of focus on Gosling's arms. I mean, these things they weren't lost on me. They're just things that I didn't find to be worthy of me to consider continually thinking about it afterwards something like spring breakers for example is a movie that i for whatever reason beside how despite how weird that movie is it's a movie i still think about which is why i still regard it highly this movie i don't i, don't, I can't regard highly just because i'm not thinking about it regardless of how much it wants me to and that's what it seems like it's trying to do it seems like it wants to be this heady trip into david lynchian territory but i just and I don't. I don't even like David Lynch that much. I, yeah. I mean, no, I, I'm I, curious. I, don't, I guess you know his influences more, and people get very film nerdy when they were reviewing this film. When I looked around at it, and you know, referencing all sorts of people, foreign generally that I, I'm not as familiar with. I can't. Because um, sometimes it seems like he's almost making fun of like plot in general. I do. I mean, I think <laughs> it's funny. Like, I can't, I, I didn't read into this to see where Refn was going, was going for, or what he was coming from, or what he had to say about his thoughts on developing the story. He is the writer as well as the director of this movie. But, I mean, watching this movie, I did think David Lynch a lot. I did think Stint Kubrick a lot, just in terms of his, the measurements oh, yeah. of this film. But I also, I kind of do think, I kind of agree, John. I think it, I can't, I can't imagine him being in a world where he's this disconnected and doesn't realize how humorous the idea of this movie is where you have an audience watching this and and like considering what they're seeing i can't imagine him like him and gosling not like having some kind of a laugh during the making of this movie and just joking with each other of <laughs> audiences don't know what they're gonna get to what they're gonna see well, this. gosling basically it's does so tai chi deep. for the entire movie <laughs> I, will but say, Aaron, I do agree with you that it's it's you know all these scenes where yeah he's like looking at his hands and like you know this weird direction of like is is the is the cop character is he like some metaphor for something and I was washing my hands in the in the restroom I was like all right I'm gonna stop thinking about this because I think it was like some <laughs> weird there's like some weird inside joke of like I, they want me to think really hard about it just so that I can pull some meaning out of it so I can derive whatever I can and I was like no it's not not that kind of film for me and that's basically the extent of how much I thought about it um, it yeah it's, it's like it, it's this, a weird this, movie. This is the kind of movie that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's way deeper and let me, you know, give you a 10 minute uh, response and why it's so deep and what this represents and what that represents. And, what, and I don't think it's – there's nothing. It's There's there's just nothing. There's nobody behind the curtain kind of thing. Like it's just 
can I mention a movie and see what you guys like yeah, compare it, it to? Yeah. Well, I don't know if everyone on the panel has seen this, but Holy Motors. How would you compare it to that? I think that's a very that's a that's an apt comparison. I would say in terms of getting in the same ballpark in terms of a movie that, that John did you see Holy Motors? I've not seen that yet. Um, don't bother. But at the same, <laughs> I, I something like Holy Motors this movie I'd probably watch again at some point though. Like there's something about that movie that had that kind of that caught me where it's like it's not a movie I. I loved. It's not a movie that I, I'd say I liked very much, but there are individual segments in that movie that really intrigued me, and there's things about how it all came together in its own weird way that right. have me thinking back on it more. This movie doesn't have that for me. It does, and it, 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 I can't say it's like an exercise in just style, because I do think there's more going on, because it does have not things to say, but it has like a story to go along with, and there's, 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 there's more there, but I just can't I can't yeah. see myself enjoying the there that is there. Are you talking about this movie or Holy Motors? How about this movie now, back to... Okay. Well, this movie, I mean, it just... I think it's just weird and, and interesting for me to think about because it's just like, if you break a movie down into its parts, it's like, this movie is like the movie you could do that where you're like, plot or cinematography or something, and then be like, good or bad, and you just like, check it, and it like... And it's either exemplary or the opposite. Uh, it's got, True. and there's so many weird things. Like, it has this blatant, like, symbolism thing that happens toward the end that's just like, you're like, okay. Uh, it's like Drive. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Like, Drive has one of my favorite scenes of, of the year. Uh, that, uh, I'll just say, if you've, if you've now seen the trailer, uh, Ryan Gosling says is probably one major line. Want to fight? What comes after that is actually a scene I enjoyed immensely. Um, it, I guess, for me, um, I'm entering this in drive. I had no, you know, hadn't really followed this filmmaker before that. And uh, with Drive, I wanted to. I, I just like Drive a lot, and I'm wondering if the Carrie Mulligan part in Drive, that being kind of absent. Is what kind of hurts this. I agree with that. Completely. Yeah, I would agree with that too. And I would, I would say, yeah, this movie. If uh, breaking it down, I do think there are a lot of very good scenes in this movie. If I had to separate them <laughs> out, I, but yeah, adding it up to a whole doesn't quite work. And to Marcus's, Marcus, you mentioned this earlier about people having an argument for why this movie works or what have you. I mean, it's, it's not like the movie was, you know, being praised in many circles. You're getting it's, it has a no. That's it, that's true. But when you do find somebody who defends it, they defend it. For, they're going to defend it. For stuff that's not even there, they're going to defend. I mean, I mean, I think there's a subjective quality to everything here. I mean, I think that people have that's, apt reasons. Okay, all right. To to explain why they like something, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I can. But see. this is the this is the type of art house movie that they will go on for hours. There's there's movies that okay, I can you, you know watch a, a, a Adam Sandler movie and you like it or you hate it. That's, that's it. There's not going to be somebody that's going to defend Adam Sandler for 20, 30 minutes. But this is the kind of art house movie that you can do. Somebody's going to throw this out for a, a let's let's all watch this for a class and you know book club kind of thing, and you can go on for 20, 30 minutes about you know trying to defend stuff that isn't there. This is the type of movie. That we're is. reviewing it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it's fun to talk about. I don't know why. <laughs> Any other, uh, because we have two and we've been going long as it is, any other thoughts on uh, Only God Forgives before you give it a rating? Yeah. Good soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why not? I like the soundtrack. 
It's haunting. <laughs> oh, God. That's the word I use to describe it. It's haunting. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to our rating. Each week and out now, for internet, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Jonathan, where would you put Only God Forgives? Um, I would I would say rent it at the Red Box. Oh. You know, throw, throw the throw the buck at it, but I, I don't think you get to see it in theaters or anything. Marcus? Yeah, uh, TV. Abe? Yeah. yeah, I'd say Netflix, just like on DVD. I gotta say, Abe, I'm surprised you didn't hate this movie. I thought you were. No, 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 I, I didn't. I try to, I try to, you know, think these things out of my head, opposed to actually asking <laughs> you before we do the podcast. And I, I really thought you'd be like, ah. I was, I was, I was thinking you're gonna, I was thinking you were gonna love Two Guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? Really? Weren't we all? Um. So yeah, okay. Oh yeah, my rating. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell to see this movie. Um, Netflix. Why not? Um. Why not? No, I think I think there's there's stuff in there, and I think there's a certain audience that will appreciate what this movie has going for it but yeah i just i can't say that i'm like oh get get there um so yeah netflix go for it hd because it's, it's very good looking <laughs> very <laughs> narrow set of people you should recommend this to but they are there for sure let's do a little movie callback 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 these are movies that we might have thought of while watching or thinking of afterwards in regards to the main feature um and yeah only god forgives john any uh, movies just came to mind i think you're i think like especially latter part of two thousand one. <laughs> Boom. I mean, just the music and the pace. Yeah, right there. Marcus. Um, I'm just gonna say Drive because it's so much better. Mm. Abe. No real movie per se, but I did think of Macbeth because uh, Kristen Scott Thomas was very Lady Macbeth like in uh, very true in her way of like trying to run everything. Uh, yeah, Drive, David Lynch, Stanley Kubrick. I mentioned these already. Old Boy came to mind as well, just in terms of Old Boy. Yeah, in terms oh, of yeah. kind of a, a twisted, Asian-themed, wild psychological ride. But at least Old Boy has a much better sense of purpose. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about that trailer, by the way. We'll do that at some point. The Spike Lee's Old Boy. We'll get Spike to Lee's Old Boy. Yeah, a Spike Lee joint. Uh, let's move on though. Let's get to our next film review for the film Fruitvale Station. You guys got plans for the night? I meet up with the fellas, head out to the city. Why don't you check the train out there? That way you guys can hang out and not have to worry about anything. Hey, Oscar. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Oscar? Year. Oscar? Oscar from Pharmacia? Get off the train now! Put that phone away. Are you still on the train? We still have proof this. Why can't you tell me what is going on? What is the problem? What are you doing? Oh my god. That should have been some of the trailer for Fruitvale Station. And this, based on true events, this film tells the story of Oscar Grant, a 22-year-old from Hayward, California, and his experiences on the last day of his life. Spoilers. Before tragic events that took place early in the morning of... New Year's Day 2009, this film became a big success at a Sundance and has continued to find success as it has made its way to theaters all over. Mark Hoban, is this the type of true story that you were happy to embrace? Uh, yes, and, you know, I mean, it was definitely very powerful and something that was not a happy film, so 
I preface my review with that, but it was a phenomenal film. Um, and I think what the film does so well is, I mean, we, I know the story, so I, I don't know if you sort of mentioned it in the, in the, uh, discussion of the plot, but we know that this is not going to end well for this, this young man. And through the course of one day, we sort of get a snapshot of this gentleman and his, the drama doesn't really set out to deify this man and it doesn't make him a, a, a monster either. He's just basically a guy and no, he's not perfect. He has failings. We see him lie and cheat and he deals marijuana and he's unemployed and he's an ex-con. But at the same time, he also has these relationships with his wife, his daughter, mother, all of whom he loves dearly. So we get this really genuine portrait of a man. And that's kind of what I appreciated about this film so much that you really care for this guy. And he's a real person. I'll tell you what, though. When we wake up in the morning, we're going to play Candyland. And then guess what we're going to do after that? Go to the park? Better. Toys R Us? Way better than that. Why? I don't know, maybe Chuck E. Cheese? Really? I promise. Daddy's going to give you a heck of tokens and we're going to play all the games, okay? And then we're going to get your favorite pizza. And we're going to eat it all up. Even Mommy's because she can't have carbs. Carb. You ain't gotta worry about that right now. I love you. I love you too, Daddy. And then, of course, it comes to this conclusion, and you've spent 90 minutes with this guy, and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it made me mad, and it made me sad, and, you know, I just, all sorts of emotions came out when I was watching this film. And I, I'm still thinking about it. I saw it, like, I don't know, four days ago, and I still... Uh, it's still on my mind, so I, I really thought it was a, a very important film. Marcus? Yeah, I, I agree with everything Mark said. Genuine. Um, I was going into this hoping it wasn't going to be like a Spike Lee, racially driven anti-law enforcement thing, and it wasn't. It was so the opposite of that. It was, I know a lot of people aren't going to go see this just because they all the politics uh, behind it, but the director, I wanted to ma- uh, mention the director, Ryan Coogler, yeah. is – this is the best directed movie I've, I've seen all year. He – for his debut film, I mean this is a, this is a monumental achievement in directing. I, everybody's going to talk about Michael B. Jordan, his, his, his performance, and it was great. It was a really great performance. It was really compelling. But the direction in this – makes me want to go back and see it over and over and over again, even though the story is, you know, really sad and heart-wrenching at the, at the end, you know, it's going to have everybody, you know, reaching for their tissues and everything. Ryan Coogler's direction is the star of this show. So I loved it. Abe and uh, Jonathan have not seen the movie yet, so that's why they're going to be sitting on the side here while we uh, discuss the film, but, you know, feel free to ask questions, of course. Um, Marcus, you and I and Ryan Coogler are all the same age, and th- th- that just really makes us feel terrible because I mean he, he's he's done some, some right. <laughs> he does, That's what I was thinking. I was like, how young is this? Oh my god! He's done he's done some fantastic work here in his debut film. I mean, I agree yes. with everything you guys have said, and 
it, this is, I mean, right now, this is the best film of the year so far for me. I mean, it's, I, I've had, it, it always becomes more difficult for me to discuss a film like this, which I just have, I just have nothing but highest regard for just because I have nothing else to say about it. Like, it's everything it, it tries to do, it succeeds in. I, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic in this movie. I think the supporting actors, regardless if they're amateur actors or just like random actors, random people from Oakland, like, it has a great sense of place in this movie. I love the depiction of, of the of the Bay Area, like you have this, and I'm I familiar enough with the Bay Area. My all my relatives are from the Bay Area, and I have you you hear the way people speak in this movie, the way everyone acts. There's oh, there's yeah. a there's a very good sense of authenticity here that does that doesn't go. And Ryan Coogler, he's also he's from it's from the Bay. He's from it's the from Bay. Oakland. I mean, he he gets that for sure, and he puts that on the screen here. But yeah, you have this true story that is yeah, like Mark said, it's a snapshot of a day in the life of this guy. It's the last day of his life, and you. By knowing that ahead of time, which is why I don't feel like it's too much of a spoiler to mention that this is, you know, a tragic drama. Like, it's not going to end well for this guy, for Oscar. Um, it, I know what you're going to say. I mean, you, you get this, it's, you have this, this added layer of, like, subtext where it's like this meditation on, of life and death here, where you're thinking mm-hmm. about this, what the, what this guy's actions are with you in the audience, knowing that this, this is the last thing that he's going to do today. Like, this is the last activity he's going to participate in. And knowing all that while watching this movie, it gets me, it got me really wrapped up in the story. And, like, I know where it's going to go, but you get to that end, and you, it gives you reasons to think that maybe he'll pull through, and you want that to happen. Exactly. You, and you, you, you can't, you can't stand the fact that just a random series of events led to something terrible happening. And yeah, I want to be angry at things that happened. I want to be angry at the things that went down. I want to be mad at certain people, and I just, but I also just feel terrible that for certain people. And you, like, it, there's so many different kinds of emotions that come up while watching this movie that it's it, it's just impressive that it manages to mm-hmm. make the story work without sensationalizing the story, without having a a true stance that really you know dominates the proceedings. It takes it. It's, it takes a lot of effort to make a film like this, which is very simple in its structure, and make it work so effectively. And right. that's that's a true accomplishment, I think. And everyone involved, which includes also Octavia Spencer, who plays um, Oscar's mother in this film, who gives a, a wonderfully kind of for, oh, yeah. she, for being you know a mother character who's concerned for the life of her son, she gives a very restrained performance that I really, I really found to, to, to be quite quite fantastic. Like there's. <laughs> Yeah, go go, Mark. So I was just gonna add what you were saying earlier about knowing what's going to happen actually gives weight to the events because when his mom encourages him to take the train because it's mm-hmm. safer than driving in traffic, you know, oh my God, like that is foreshadowing. You're like thinking that's it's just so. I mean, I don't know if she really did say that, but it's just it's powerful. And then in the story, there's a scene where. Um, Something happens, and in the background, a BART train uh, is passing by in the background. And it's just yeah. like just seeing it. I mean, just the sight of I don't know why, but that moment just made me kind of feel sad. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a very – and it's very simple. The structure of the film is just basically this guy. I mean, he doesn't even do a whole lot. I mean, he, he That's does – That's why it I, works. Right, That's why exactly. It works so well. But, you know, he has, he has this discussion with his girlfriend, and she's really good, Melanie Diaz. And and then, you know, he 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 goes to work and he's apparently he's lost his job and he has this discussion with his boss. And it's not a flattering portrait of him. And you're kind of like, wow, he's not he's got a temper and he's not he's not necessarily like 
the, the movie does not set out to make this guy like, oh, he was such a saint. You know, okay. it doesn't, again, it doesn't make him a monster either. He's just a human guy. And, yeah. you know, these, every scene is just little, the minutia of his life is so powerful. I just. And that's actually what I wanted to ask you guys, and you guys have touched on it, but it was just, I was wondering, is it a film where, yeah, they paint him as like this angel and he was just, life was taken to be so short, or was it, you know, pretty even handed in terms of, hey, you know what, he did have some faults, and um, even though he was trying to make uh, some his life better for maybe some other folks in his uh, life too, like his daughter or mother or what have you. Um, does it, it, does it do it pretty even handedly or does it paint him as like, me, uh, you know, know, I can, a really good guy. The, um, what's, what's interesting to consider in considering that kind of question is like, if this movie, if, I mean, if things were different and you saw, you know, the next day and the rest of the week and the rest of the month, things aren't going to change much for Oscar. That's okay. That's what, that's the yeah. impression that I get. You, you know, he's still going to be, have trouble with with finding a new job and trouble with his girlfriend and trying to be a good father and trying to be a good son. You you get that idea from all this. You don't. You you're not yeah you're not you're not seeing it was like oh he's probably going to get his life back together if only he survived this day or no you and you're not but you're also not thinking oh man this guy's getting into nothing but trouble like it's just it's just as Mark has continued to say he's just a guy and that's mm-hmm. what yeah. you see in this film and that it, they paint a really real almost realistic as realistic as you can put on on film obviously but realistic uh uh portrayal of just somebody who happens to be black who happens to live in oakland and his name is oscar grant kind of like mm-hmm. you know there's good and bad and this and it's just it's like everybody everybody's probably just in that gray area and he's in that gray area as well and you know he's it's very genuine mark it's a genuine it's this is very very genuine feels mm-hmm like a real, real character. And so when every, anything happens to him, as little as it may be, if he makes just the littlest shifts in his life or, you know, if he has the littlest arguments, we really feel it a lot more right. because we're invested. We're totally invested in this character just because he's in that grader. He's not totally good. He's not totally bad. He's just real. It's almost like a documentary feel, feel to it. And it's and good. That's, I just was going to say it's good to tell this story because if it just existed as a news story – I think a lot of people have a tendency to kind of write it off like, oh, that guy must have done something or he, yeah. he, he, you know, he could, this sort of gives him, this is a human being and this gives him, he was, this is a, it's all about humanity and that's why this story is important. You I think know, that's, um, that scene in the, in, 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 uh, in prison yeah. is the scene that, the part right. for me that really, made it real really made it was a great great setup for what happens everything like that but it really made it real for me it really made this almost like i totally forgot that i was well not totally forgot i was watching a movie but i, t- I was totally sold at that point mm. because it was just that real it was just re- very well written very well acted and just genuine the whole way through mm-hmm. On, on the other side of the coin, you know, uh, there's the Bart police officer. Was he portrayed as villainous, or I mean, how was that portrayal? The the it does it. it um, he's barely in it. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like right, I mean, yeah. and you're not. Yeah, and I know that he's. I know that he's kind of just like the tail end. If everyone who's not familiar with the story, and you know, he's just he's not really the central person in this movie. I would say. I'd say there's. I mean, there's a few. There's a few officers that get involved. It's not like you see anything of them before. You see them arrive on the scene, mm-hmm. and they yeah. handle the situation in basically the worst way possible. There, you right. you get a sense that 
they're they're very agitated and they're dealing with things way too dramatically. But it's you're you're it's not um. They don't bash the the officers. Yeah. They don't bash the police. It's presenting the it's, situ- it's presenting the situation as it must have been because I mean the film the movie was I mean the this this portion of the film was captured on 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 cell phone cameras and on videos mm-hmm. and eyewitnesses like it's. I, it, it seems based out of what actually happened as opposed to yeah. making a stance against okay. anybody. It's not a Spike Lee film, <laughs> basically. You know, it's almost a little bit unclear who shot the gun. That's... I mean, I know, I know who did, but in the movie, mm-hmm. there's one officer that's, like, getting all the lines, but that's not the one that fires the gun. It's the kind so... of thing that makes me appreciate how that scene's constructed because right, right. besides, it is, like, yeah, it's it's a horrible thing that happened and there are certainly people at fault. But at the same time, the movie makes sure to show you that there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of it's chaotic. There's a lot of yes. chaos going okay. on, and so you don't like exactly. it is unclear at first as to what's actually happening, and then you get a you know you, you figure out what's going on as it goes on. Exactly, the direction is perfect, especially in that scene. That scene could have gone wildly wrong. Right, that know? was probably it, the hardest scene to film. Exactly. Was that- yeah. In the in the in the wrong hands, I could have seen that scene going so wrong that it would have made me almost disregard, mm-hmm. or a lot of people just disregard what had happened in the in the past you know hour or hour and fifteen minutes. But it was just done so perfectly that it didn't miss a beat. You just went right through it. Hmm. So yeah, I think um, <laughs> the. I think we're all in agreement that there's a there's there's a lot to appreciate about the film. I I, I certainly wouldn't say it. It does it as much as like maybe there will be probably award consideration for the film. I can't say that it's a film that that seems to be striving for that. It just seems to be a, it's just a damn good movie. That's that's what right. about it. And I, I I'm, I'm happy that it's out and that you know people are seeing it and that it will. That that it's putting it's providing a, a certain perspective on a situation that was a was a horrible one in reality. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So let's get to our um, rating for the film. Each you know we uh, got the rating scale same one. So let's uh, let's just do that again. Marcus, you're uh, thoughts. I mean, if if I'm totally recommending this, am I going IMAX? Yeah. I don't know if you need to see this in IMAX. One hundred percent recommendation. Uh, Mark. Well, I would say the same thing. I, I would give it the highest recommendation. So if, you know, be at IMAX, yeah. yeah. It's weird that they shot the film in 3D. I didn't see that coming, but I mean, <laughs> I was happy to get the official Fruitdale glasses while watching the movie. Um, no, yeah, I, I would, you know, I'd give it that the IMAX rating as well. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, but yeah, no, completely, fully recommended. I'm happy that it's in more than just a couple of screens right now. It has spread to, you know, major theaters. So, you know, check it while it's out. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Uh, Mark, has any uh, movies come to mind? You know what? Um, it's not as social, social, social commentary driven as Boys in the Hood, but uh, some of this stuff did remind me of a lot of Boys in the Hood esque, very genuine. When everybody's a Helen, Hecka, and it's very you, you can tell it's writer, writer, directors that know their. They know their world. They they're just in it, and nobody can nobody's going to to tell them that that's not how people say this and that's not how people do this and that because they just know. Yeah, it's and it comes across. It comes through on the screen. So boys in the hood. It's certainly more young John Singleton directing something out of his hood than it is 
50-year-old yeah. Rob Cohen making a movie about street racing with Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Uh, Mark? Uh, I didn't really think of, you know, I, I just sort of kind of took the movie on its own terms. I didn't really think of other films. So I, I don't really have a whole lot of callbacks for this one. Fair enough. I had a few. Boys in the Hood did come to mind for me. 25th Hour came to mind, even though you keep thinking of Spike Lee, but 25th Hour came to mind. And uh, United 93 actually came to mind. Uh, not a movie I think about very often, but in terms of kind of what's being presented on screen and how I uh, that movie came up. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, Fruitvale Station. So we've completed both of our reviews, guys. So let's – obviously that means it's time for a word from our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. So shout now podcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Dave, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book recommendation this week. It is Drive. It's the, the, move of the book based on huh? the film was based off of Drive by James Salis. Drive is the story of a man who works as a stunt driver by day and a getaway driver by night. He drives it's all until he's double-crossed. If you've seen the movie, find out how the book you know lays things out slightly different. You can download your copy of Drive or anything else that you find at audio. Audible.com, audibletrial.com, slash now podcast. You can sign up for an account, download a free audiobook, get rid of that account, and still keep the audiobook. It's, you know, it's awesome. Or you can continue on with Audible because there's lots to choose from. So there you go. There's our plug. Plugged. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Catch my breath. <laughs> we all still here? John, you still there? Still here. Good. Oh, okay. Going strong. Good. Well, you can sit back and listen to some about now feedback right now. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is, of course, where we talk, where we list some of the the various answers that we've been given by our listeners to the number of questions that we've asked on Facebook this week. Facebook.com slash now podcast. And uh, yes, yeah, so here we go. Abe, you want to start this? Yeah, absolutely. So we asked a question of uh, what's your favorite Bill Paxton movie? Because he was in Two Guns with a. Uh, was he? Does he have a mustache in Two Guns? He does have a mustache. He looks he very. He looks. He looks like um like Chet. <laughs> like, like weird, like weird science is Chet. If, you, if you were, oh. if you were to like grow old and become like this, is the character he would be. <laughs> anyway, so we asked, uh, "What's your favorite Bill Paxton movie?" Patrick wrote, "Aliens," making all Space Marines everywhere proud. Scott wrote, "True Lies" and or Tombstone. Adam wrote, "Apollo 13, man." Uh, Mark also wrote, "Aliens." Philip wrote, "Apollo 13 edges out Aliens." Why don't you put her in charge? Why don't you put her in mark. charge? <laughs> question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Adam wrote a single Thanks plan. Thanks for reading all the punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Uh, Adam wrote a simple plan. Uh, a, Jason wrote the damn, Terminator. That's a damn good movie, a simple plan. Right? Simple plan is, yeah. Um, Gerard wrote Frailty. Also. And, yeah. And Brent wrote Aliens. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. All right. <laughs> I got a few here. <laughs> Favorite buddy cop movie, uh, Jordan Grout played Demolition Man. Um, he also put Judge Dredd. He was on a Stallone kick, apparently. And then <laughs> and then he put Cop Out, because why not, I guess. Um, God, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Joe has The Other Guys, loves Michael Keaton in The Bed, Bath, and Beyond. Uh, Callum has Hot Fuzz and Tango and Cash. Best of both worlds there. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Jose has Rush Hour 2, will always have a special place in his heart. Patrick has... Well, first you put, man, you guys asked some good questions. He has Lethal Weapons 1, 2, uh, 3, and 4, nope. And then he has Running Scared. I assume that's the Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines film. <laughs> um, Philip has Hot Fuzz. Adam put Lethal Weapon. And Jason has 21 Jump Street and the other guys. 
Um, I also have your favorite Dirty Cop movie. Philip put The Departed. Izzy has Copland. Adam has Training Day. Jason has Dirty Harry, which seems more of a play on the actual title than the actual cop, because I think Dirty Harry just plays by his own rules, but he's just... You know. And uh, let's see. Tower put Reservoir Dogs, which I challenge, because I don't think there's any dirty cops in Reservoir Dogs. I think there's just an undercover cop in that movie. Uh, spoilers. And, we don't uh, know who it is, though. We don't know who it is. Um, it's Mr. Brown. No, it isn't. Um, and then Joe has Easy, L.A. Confidential, when Russell Crowe snaps the back of that wooden chair with his bare hands and then runs into the to shove his gun into that kid's mouth. Ah, love that scene. I think I just nailed how he wrote that, too. Ah, yeah, I got I it. Agree, yeah. And let's see here. Uh, favorite movies taking place in one day. Uh, Joe has Die Hard. And his second is Gun Gary Glenn Ross. There's a double feature that needs to be seen. Uh, Callum has Memento, question mark, which I think I corrected him. I don't think that's one day at all. I think it's like <laughs> it's like a few days. Like a course of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason put 12 Angry Men. Philip has Raid, Redemption. And Adam has Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a good one. And then we also ask, uh, what movies made you go, what the fuck, after you finished watching them? Or WTF? It, I think it's, uh, where are the fireworks? Oh, where where are the fireworks? So Why the face? Movies, why the face? Why, yeah, why the face? <laughs> nice. Why the face, man? Uh, Adam writes, a serious man. <laughs> Scott writes, the crying game. Callum wrote, I know it's a bit obvious, but the usual suspects. Also, Stardust, for different reasons, to the usual suspects. I hated Stardust. That's weird. Uh, Callum writes, my wife's contribution is Life of Pi, which, yeah, some people did have that. Uh, Joe writes Primer. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I still say, why the face? Uh, Corey yes. writes, Flash Gordon. Seriously, why the face? Um, Brian writes, World War Z. Never expected it to be so good. Dennis writes, pretty much any David Lynch movie. I'd agree with that. Sumsack writes, Old Boy. Adam writes, No Country for Old Men, a very good film, but ending always baffled me. Jason writes, Transformers 2 and The Last Airbender, and X-Men Origins Wolverine, and Superman 3 and 4, and quote-unquote 5, What's five? and Superman 3, and Ro- Batman and Robin, and Judge Dredd, and that's it. Yes, that's, thanks, Jason. Yes, Spider-Man 3. Oh, oh, and quote-unquote 5. I don't know. What's what Superman that. 5? Would that be Returns? Yes. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Mark, do you have an idea? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would probably say, I, I'm not sure, but maybe Superman Returns. Mm. Uh, Adam writes Spider-Man 3. Uh, Philip writes, when I watched The Deer Hunter, I could not believe how much hype it has. That is three hours of my life poorly spent. <laughs> Natasha, the Deer Hunter? I guess. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then Natasha writes, anything Scooter chooses, like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2 or Steel Magnolias. Okay. Um, yeah, Deer Hunter, I mean, that's going to kill our... Our surprise announcements of our Deer Hunter commentary that we're doing next yes, week. I know, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> the contest. Ugh. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's all our listener feedback, and uh, thank you guys for uh, you know writing in. We always like getting feedback on the show because we like writing in, you know, shouting out you people that you know listen to the show. So that's uh, now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. All right, let's do a little box office talk here. Not much happened, but um, we'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> Two guns arrived in theaters and. Um, do you remember what uh, you uh, predicted last week? Oh yeah, I, I went bold. I went. Uh, I think I said like fifty-five million. Fifty-two million for first place. Fifty-two. I think I said like third place of eighteen. Jose said second with twenty. Jordan from Jersey said I think second with twenty-two. Um, 
Uh, well, uh, for once you lowballed it. Yeah, I lo- actually, well, because I didn't think it was gonna. I, 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 I district. I thought the Smurfs two was gonna hit big. Mark, what can I say? You, you know what I think part <laughs> of it was too. It because the Smurfs came out on Wednesday, right? Yeah. So the weekend is just counting Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So maybe the Bafo business. It was yeah, because they know. they currently two. Uh, to make it clear, two guns came in first place with twenty seven million. The Smurfs two came in third with eighteen million, based off of Friday through Sunday totals. But it does have twenty seven million also. So in total, it's made the same amount as two guns has at this point. Hmm. Wolverine was second place with twenty one million. Um, that's oh, not a whole lot. Let's see, Fruitvale Station's in twelfth with two million. It's made ten million so far. It's doing. Good business for the small film that it is. Uh, Blue Jasmine debuted last week to, to big per theater average numbers, and now it's spread wider to like 50 screens this week and made a made a, made a little bit more money, and uh, we'll probably continue to do so as it spreads wider. Uh, the Spectacular now made its very limited debut. I think it was on one screen, and um, but did a did a did a solid where, did a solid where? where either L.A. or New York, one of those. Oh, I was gonna be like Actually, Idaho. I think no, I think it, why would it be in Idaho? What? I don't know. Uh, it was in L.A. And um, it's a very good movie, though, and I look forward to seeing that expand and more people catching it. And uh, let's see, the Canyons, the Canyons guys made a whopping fifteen thousand two hundred dollars in uh, on the one screen yes. it was on. So there you go, there you go, John. Uh, you got some of my money. There you go. Let's see. Uh, for those keeping track, RAPD now out of the top ten. Just saying. Um, let's see, The Conjuring still it's past the hundred million point. So wow. good for The Conjuring. Wow. Um, just what did you guys think of the Marcus? Did you like? Did you like the Conjuring? Yeah, oh, yeah, you did. You were on yeah. that podcast. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, and Mark, you liked the Conjuring. About, yeah, yeah, about, the, about the same as I did. I think I, like, I had a very similar take to it as you did. And um, let's see, Despicable Me Two, still cleaning it up, guys. Wow. Yep. Congratulations. Just Steve. saying. All right, let's let's move on here. Let's uh, move. Oh, Aaron, is it uh, is it that time of the show for uh, some uh, some games here? Mm. Oh. Magic, magically delicious. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the title of that track. I, how'd you know? <laughs> um, all right, Mark, Marcus, John, you ready for this? Let's do it. Abe, you also ready? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm Here, ready. Here's the game. You hinted at it earlier. It's called Where's Wallace. <laughs> Yay! Basically, I've I've done a clever search of characters that have the name Wallace, and I have a descri- yeah. I have a description of the movie. And you have to name oh the movie. Oh, God. Uh, I thought you were going to give me a chance, and it was going to be Michael B. Jordan movies. All three of them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, four movies? And I was like, I know. Like, this, should, this should be hard. I, 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 took the, I took the exact IMDb description of each movie that I've listed here, and so uh, hopefully you can name them. All you, but but th- these are characters named Wallace? There's a character named Wallace in some form in the movie that I'm going to describe. Oh, my okay. God. It, it's not Wallace Shawn, is it? <laughs> Well, Wallace Shawn doesn't play himself in any movie except is he playing himself in My Dear of Andre? Um, I think he is. Yeah, okay. So he I mean, is. but no, I didn't choose My Dear of Andre. Spoilers for this game. So yeah, the the Wallace thing doesn't matter though. If you can name the character named Wallace, then that's if you can name the Wallace character. I mean, and some of them are a little more obvious. Then you know, get a you get a bonus bonus hug later on for the show. <laughs> well, we're naming. The You're gonna name that... the movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna read the exact IMDb description of each movie. Right. Now the key to this, the key to this now, because we started this last week. Say your name first to buzz in, and then say the name of the movie. Hey, right, I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. I'm pumped. Here we go. Here's one. Two nerdish boys attempt to create the perfect. Weird science, Mark. Weird Mark, science. You, 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 
Sorry. Well, my, I'm changing my name to Weird Science, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's a good cover. Wow. All right. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Wow. That got we're, it. We're not having rules. We have to, like, let those... Okay. Happen. Let me finish the entire thing, okay? Well, I'm not going to get many of these, so I have to, like... Yes, I'm not going to get any of these. these. Yeah, you're playing with Marcus and, Mar- and, and John, the two worst contestants I've had on the games. What? <laughs> I'm gonna read the whole description, okay? Dude, that's racist. You got man. what? You, you got weird science. You get that point. Good. For All right. You. All right. Can All anyone right. name the character in weird science? By the way, no. Wallace. Uh, well, <laughs> obviously Wallace. Gary Wallace, played by Anthony Michael. Gary Wallace. Ah, okay. uh, Gary. Oh yeah, Gary and Wyatt. That's right. It'd be weird of with Wyatt. Of course. Okay. Next. Okay. Here we go. A psychotic murderer institutionalized since childhood for the murder of his sister escapes and stalks a bookish teenage girl and her friends while his doctor chases him through the streets. Abe. Yeah? Halloween. Halloween is the correct answer. Jesus Christ, I had that one too. The character is Damn it. Lindsay Wallace. Oh, Damn I it. Who the character was. She's one, of the, she's one of the women that are killed. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks, yeah. Couldn't figure that one out. No, here's the next one. This one might be easy. When his secret bride is executed for assaulting an English soldier who tried to rape her, a commoner begins a revolt and leads Scottish warriors against the cruel English tyrant. Mark, who... Rob Roy. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> cruel English tyrant who kidding, right? Scotland with an... Come on, John. Come on, John. I got it, but I gotta let it finish. I finished. <laughs> oh, come on, John. Nothing. Braveheart. Braveheart is the correct <sighs> answer. Woo. The very oh. obvious name of William Wallace as the answer. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> he laughs off into the night. He's laughing off the way to the bank. <laughs> I don't even know if Mark was serious when he answered. If he was just screwing with you. Here's the next one. The lives of two Bob Hitmen, a boxer, a gangster's wife, and a pair of diner bandits. Marcus. In- yep. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is the correct answer. Can you name the Wallace character? Uh, uh, uh. Marcellus. Marcellus. Does Mr. Wallace look like a bitch? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't name his first. It's a tie game, guys. Oh no! Everyone's got yes. one. That's that's impressive. Anyway, I'm not I'm not letting you finish the clue now. Nobody I, I see that. Yeah. No, no, no <laughs> one's waiting. Fine. If you got it, am I supposed to wait? They only become harder now, so don't worry. All right, all right. Let's do this. Right. Those, those are the easy. This is a free for all. This is blood those sport. Are the easy ones. You gotta want it. You gotta. Thank you, Abe. You do have to want it. You heard the music. That that's that's that was the tough game. music I was playing. Here we go. A research chemist comes under personal and professional attack when he decides to appear in a 60 minutes expose on Big Tobacco. Marcus. Ooh, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Marcus. The insider. The insider is a correct answer. Can you name the Wallace amenity? Um, no. I'm Maury Schaefer. Mike Wallace. Oh, Mike Wallace, yeah. Abe's killing it on the bonus point section. Yeah, yeah, that's zero <laughs> points. Here's, a, here's the next one. Federal agent Elliot Ness sets out to stop Al Capone. Mark, yeah. the Untouchables. untouchables yes. Wait, the Intouchables or Untouchables, Mark? The Untouchables. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Here we go. Here's the next one. And Do I get points if I can name the uh, Wallace? Yeah. Oscar Wallace. Oscar. Yeah. That's the... Damn it. Wait, that's extra points? No, okay. that's bonus points. Well, I don't Still know. Losing to bonus we were, there was some mention of that. So. Right, yeah, you go. get a free bonus hug. I'll be up in the Bay Area next week. I'll give you a hug. I'll find <laughs> An Afro-American teen writing a writing prodigy. Mark. Finding Forrester. <laughs> Finding Forrester. Oh, wow. 
You, you, Jonathan, you would. It's a, that's man. a movie about an African American teen. You're, you're the man <laughs> you now. Who's the dog now? Who's the man now? I'm the dog now, or whatever he says. Who's the man now, dog? There's a whole website devoted to that saying. So. Yeah, I know I botched the saying, yeah. but you're you're the man now, dog. You're the man now, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the next one. Hey. A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against the third in a race to find a fortune in gold buried in a remote cemetery. Hmm. A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an uneasy alliance against a third in a race to find a fortune in a gold in gold buried in a remote cemetery. Hmm. So there's three people involved in this. Right. Each of a different kind. Each of a different kind. Oh, uh, Marcus. Is Huckleberry Finn? <laughs> One, you did not say your name. That's a point. <laughs> Two, you did not say the right answer. Marcus? Uh, is it the Three Kings? No? It is not. I never saw it. The cemetery? Never, hold on. Stop. <laughs> stop the podcast. You never, no. saw, you never saw Three Kings. No. What are you doing? Is that... Uh, <laughs> I'm rewatching Beasts of the Southern Wilds. <laughs> Self-implication. Oh my god, Three Kings. So good. Getting Anyway, getting... I'm watching it right now. You were praising David O. Russell earlier. <laughs> I, I'm, honestly, I'm not a big... So. Wait, what did you say? The Road to El Dorado? Okay, the, the time's up on this. The answer, <laughs> the answer was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, uh, that was a weak description. A bounty hunting scam joins two men in an easy Isn't it isn't pulled straight from IMDb? Blame IMDb. It's pulled straight I'm, from IMDb. I'm writing them a letter. It lays out the exact plot of the movie. <laughs> okay, here's the next one. Billy the Kid and his gang, wanted by the law, and when Doc, Skurlock, and Chavez are captured... Jonathan! Say, yeah? Is it Tombstone? It is not Tombstone. Uh, Abe. Abe. Young Guns. It is not Young Guns, but... <laughs> Young Guns 2? Abe, you have said your answer and you were incorrect. Does anyone else have an answer? Mark, Young Guns 2. Mark, wow. you are correct. It is. Yay! <laughs> I just heard Doc and. I don't know, it just it. came to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I said, I said Doc Skurlock and not Doc Holly. I don't know where Mark got yeah, that one. Oh, I wasn't yeah, listening closely enough. From do I, do I get, Heavens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who, what character that is. You're, you're the one that loves Young Guns the most, Abe. <laughs> Next question. Two more. A 17-year-old aristocrat expecting to be married to a rich claimant by her mother falls in love with a kind but poor artist aboard a luxurious, ill-fated ship. Jonathan. Yep. Oh. Titanic. Jonathan. Oh, Boom. Answer. And you said Jonathan wasn't going to win anything. I didn't say that. <laughs> I said he's the I'm first. I'm winning. I think somebody else has. We'll see. I'll, have to, I'll add these up. Don't worry about this. Mark, always do I have? Last. You have. You have a couple. Last. Right. Okay. Good. This man. <laughs> This man and his loyal dog set out to discover the, the mystery behind the garden sabotage that plagues their village and threatens the annual giant vegetable growing contest. Abe? Oh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Tintin, but it's not. Wow. <laughs> garden vegetable? What? Oh, damn it. I know it now. You should. You should. Oh, Abe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you if, have it. If, if no one answers, can I answer? Sure. Actually, I don't know. Jonathan, Did my dog skipped. No. Did you finish it? I yes, I did. So, <laughs> this man and his loyal dog set out to discover the mystery behind the garbage sabotage that plagues their village and threatens the annual giant vegetable growing contest. 
The good, the bad, and the ugly. I've, 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 sub, I've substituted man and his loyal dog. Because they're very obvious if you know the man and the loyal dog. <laughs> I do know this. <laughs> <laughs> For no points? Sure. Just let Abe do it. Wallace and Gromit? <laughs> That's and, that's part of the answer. And uh, and the mark and the curse of the werewolf rabbit. That is the correct answer. There you go. So halvesies. I'm gonna I'm gonna count every other point before I count that one because in case I need a tiebreaker because that's my <laughs> I don't know about this one. Okay, so here we go. Let's see what we got here. Mark's got Mark's one. It doesn't matter. He's got four of these. Let's see. Mark. Congratulations, Mark. What did I get? How much did I get? You get you got a couple. <laughs> mark. Not Marcus. Don't don't. No, I'm just worried about myself. <laughs> what, how much did I, you you, how much you did and I, Jonathan tied? With how much? How much did I get? You had two, two, three, three each, maybe. You had two. All right, that's cool. That's good. Abe had one. You all you all beat Abe, and that's really the best part of this week for me. Yeah, okay, that's, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. 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 Great. That's how you play. Where's Wallace? Where is he? Yeah. Well, we all. <laughs> He's dead. Yep. <laughs> Let's move on. Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies coming out on Blu-ray and DVD and video on demand this week. First, we have Oblivion, the Tom Cruise Yay. sci-fi. Yay! I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. It'll look good. Good, good music. Good, good, yeah, it's good soundtrack. <laughs> It'll look beautiful on, on Blu-ray, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, next, we have Mud. Oh. I like Mud quite a bit. Mud's still in theaters. That movie's been out for a while. Definitely one of the highest, like, critically acclaimed films of the year. Oh, yeah. I think it's like a 99 or something like that on the old RT. <sighs> um, let's see. On the Road. Did anyone see eh. On the Road? No. I never saw that. Based on the book by Jack Kerouac. Sure. <laughs> 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 Congratulations. You win. Yeah. Uh, next up is Place Beyond the Pines. Ah, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Wow, some really, I mean, Mud, Place Beyond the Pines, these are like major, really good films. And To the Wonder. Eh. Oh, that was really, I, I really like it. I haven't seen that yet, so I'm excited to check that one out. I did not see it either. It's a, it's a new Malik joint, so, you know. He only comes out with those voices very frequent, apparently, now. He's really upped his game. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Those are out this week. Next week, what do we got? Elysium comes out next week. This is the new sci-fi film from the director Neil Blomkamp starring Matt Damon and one Jodie Foster. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, let's uh, do a little box office. What we think is going to happen with that? Abe, any uh, thoughts on Elysium next week? Let me give you some context. Yeah, happened yeah. Last, um, back in 2010 with uh, District 9, um, that movie opened to $37 million, R-rated sci-fi in August. This is very similar, R-rated sci-fi in August. Uh, actually, like, almost the same week. Yeah, like, almost the same weekend, is that? Um, so, yeah, that movie opened to, like, $37 is, million. Uh, is it coming out with anything else? Um, it is coming out with a few things, actually. It is coming out with uh, Disney's Planes hmm. um, on more screens. Hmm. Uh, Any relation to cars is purely coincidental. Oh, I thought it was a spin-off from Ratatouille, but I guess I, mean, I guess it could be a <laughs> relation to cars. Um, let's see. We are the Millers arrives in theaters and Percy Jackson Sea of Monsters mm-hmm. arrives in theaters. Yikes. Both of those open on Wednesday. Elysium opens on a Friday. It is R-rated though and, you know, planes and what have you. And, you know, Smurfs 2 could have an uprising next weekend. So you- mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, great. Yeah. With all that good. said, what do you think? I will uh, I will say uh, hmm. I'm gonna say second place with uh, 
26 million. That is a wow. solid guess. I like that one. Um, Mark? I'm going to also say second place with 30 million. 30 mil. Marcus? Wow, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say first place Oof. with, oh, okay. Maybe I should. You're wrong, sir. That's what I heard. <laughs> I thought this was the competitive portion, so. <laughs> I was going to say uh, first place. I was going to go 42. All right. Okay. John? Uh, I'm going to go second place, 21. Wow, I'm gonna, there's a lot out. There is like a lot planes out. is planes is gonna crush it. I mean, planes. You think is, so? I don't. It's a. It's Planes is gonna be number one. That's what you I was. How popular Cars is? <laughs> it's the uh, same. No, not popular Cars Two is. <laughs> and I'll also, I it's opening in 3,400 theaters. It's it's got a huge wide distribution. I, I'm gonna group. I, I every time I turn on the. TV, I see Elysium commercials, you know, five times during a during a, a, a segment. Yeah, because I mean, you, because you watch big family macho shows, Marcus. <laughs> you don't watch the kids only, TV. of course. <laughs> I don't know. You're Phineas and Ferb on Nick. It, it rests on Matt Damon's shoulders, I guess. I don't know what the worst he's ever done at opening, but I mean, if Pacific Rim couldn't gain traction, I just don't know how easy this one. Will I think be. this is going to be more. I think it's going to be more accessible to a wider audience. I'm I'm saying um I'm gonna go with Abe here. I'm gonna say second place. And I'm gonna say twenty six million in one dollar. Oh, you! <laughs> you. Price is right. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then Mark one up to us by going uh Mark, where did you go? Gave, well, I did you 30. Went thirty. So 30. I, I, have, I have a four million dollar window <laughs> I can land in, just like planes will next weekend on runways <laughs> everywhere. Um, that was an amazing joke. Let's move on. Let's uh, get to the outro because that's all we got, guys. We've talked a lot today, and I'm very happy for it. I think we've talked about some cool things here. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work in my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews as well as at wisetheblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.glassware.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Mark? You can find more of my work on my personal blog, fastfilmreviews.wordpress.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Hoban. Marcus? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Movies Marcus, and you can find more of my reviews at uh, examiner.com. And Jonathan? Uh, if you care at all about normal news in Long Beach, California, LBC. <laughs> LBC. <laughs> Yeah. You can go to gazettes with an S dot com uh, and, and read about the news, but we're. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for that. On uh, it. Uh... <laughs> you can find city council and the mayor race are heating up. <laughs> you can find all the other episodes of I of out now there today on iTunes and at Stitcher. Also at hhwlod.com. You can find our show there as long as along with the other shows there, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, How If Hour Wasted, and other shows about comics, games, and fun stuff like that. I believe all the other guys have talked about Comic-Con this past week, just as we did in our own recap episode, and that's all at hhwlod.com. Check us out also at outnow.podomatic.com, where you can find exclusives such as the Out Now Nights, as well as exclusives uh, from Q&A sessions Aaron has put on. 
Um, also check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash podcast, where you can check out the main reviews of the week, about 23rd minutes each. Yeah, yeah but I'll add that. I'll, I'll put up the uh, the way, way back interviews that I nice. did uh, soon. I'll stitch those all together. I'll put that up in a few weeks' time. Um, at podcast.gmail.com, feel free to email us your thoughts on Only God Forgives, Fruitvale Station, or any other movies that you might have seen that are in limited release this week. We'd like to hear you know some of those thoughts as well. It's fun to talk about the blockbusters, but the smaller films deserve attention, too. Check us out over at Facebook.com slash Podcast, where you can ask us questions or you can answer our questions. We'll be more than happy to read out your answers on the air. And feel free to, uh, you know, uh, submit to our contest, your favorite ghost story, and a brief explanation of why you could possibly win a contest. Twitter.com slash now underscore podcast. You can feel free to tweet us at any point during the day because we'll eventually respond. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> and also check out our latest endeavor, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, where we post a lot of links to uh, fun shows, uh, you know, fun things we find around the internet, as well as creepy photos of a guy holding a doll sitting in a chair, which I didn't want to look at. And I was surprised to see that on the front page. I, I love that, like, you just go to the Outnow Tumblr and, like, that's, you just describe the first thing you see. And that's yeah, like, and I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> now like, I have to go. Do this to I, me. I have to look at what this is. And, I was like, why did Aaron do this to me? I gotta scroll down and I can't look at this. But yeah, alright guys, thank you all for coming out. It's always fun to have a, a big show like this that works out so well. So yeah, thanks John, Mark, and Marcus for joining us today. Thank, thank you for having you. me. For sure. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's show. Elysium next week should be a fun one to talk about. But until next time, so long. And goodbye. Yeah, the people that hate a drive are just like, they're like dousing themselves in gasoline if they watch this movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>